Hello, everybody, and welcome to the July 24th, 2020 edition of Peaceful Globalist Review. I'm your host, the Peaceful Globalist, Efron Josine. And ladies and gentlemen, Louis Gomer, the don't throw aspersions on my asparagus guy, the uh, <laughs> Barack Obama's trying to recreate the Ottoman Empire guy, recently decided he'd engage in a fair bit of trolling, and it's stupid. Uh, let's see. GOP's Gomer introduces resolution that would ban the Democratic Party. Here, here is what he had to say, and it is absolutely amazing in my opinion. Like, seriously, amazing. It basically comes down to this. Did you guys know, did you guys know that Democrats... I mean, really close, really close. Are the real racists? <gasps> oh my god, Louie! What an original thought! Yeah, we've all seen Dinesh D'Souza. Don't worry. Don't, don't worry, Louie. You don't need to have an original thought. Dinesh D'Souza's got you covered. Of, of course, this argument is often nonsense. The fact is, the fact is, and I remember when I was um, a stereotypical Barack Obama liberal. I was debating with a Trumper, and he said, well, who do you think is more racist, Republicans or Democrats? And I know, I know he wanted me to answer Republicans and then give all these reasons why Donald Trump is a racist. Um, but I didn't. I didn't. Instead, I answered, I don't believe most, I don't believe the vast majority of people are racists. Because I don't. Because I don't. Racism is something you have to be trained to believe in, typically especially in a free market. Uh, the fact is, Jim Crow was only enforced through very, very, very strict laws. That's why they were called Jim Crow laws, in fact. So this idea is utter nonsense, but here's what uh, Gomer had to say. This is from The Hill. <clears throat> a great portion of the history of the Democratic Party is filled with racism and hatred. Well, okay, that is fair. Andrew Jackson was a slave owner and participated in the slave trade. Although, so is a good chunk of American history, if I'm not mistaking, Louie. Your party's not perfect. Abraham Lincoln said he was against political equality for African Americans. Um, there were the state, I've pointed this out before, but the state where the Ku Klux Klan had the most control over the local government was Republican Indiana. Okay? So this is just utter nonsense at the face of it. And, of course, there's the man who has run as a Republican several times, even got the majority of Republican votes in Louisiana, a former Klansman, David Duke. Now, David Duke's done more than just be a former Klansman, but they'll never give that same generosity to Robert Byrd. So I'm not giving them that generosity. Robert Byrd was the longest-serving senator in U.S. history, and they always dismiss him as just Former Klansman Robert Byrd. No, no. It's longest serving senator in United States history, Robert Byrd. That's his title, as far as I'm concerned. He was in the Klan in the 60s in West Virginia. What else were you supposed to do in the 60s in West Virginia? Not be in the Klan? That's a laugh. Uh, 
Since people are demanding we rid ourselves of entities, symbols, and reminders of the repugnant aspects of our lives, then the time has come for Democrats to acknowledge their party's loathsome and bigoted past. They have several times. It was Donald Trump, might I add, who put a painting of Andrew Jackson in the White House. Andrew Jackson, the only president to participate in the slave trade. And a fierce defender of slavery. And it was Louis Gomer. And his Republican buddies, who were defending the statues of people like Robert E. Lee, like John C. Calhoun. And I dedicated an entire chapter of talking about this in Ramblings of a Madman, but the fact is the biggest examples of racists within the Democratic Party are typically people who didn't get that far. George Wallace, one of their go-to examples, yeah, was like the governor of Alabama. Okay, that's fair. That was because he was a segregationist, though, not really because he was a Democrat. There were Republican segregationists, too, don't forget. Strom Thurmond, anyone? Um, but anyway, however, when he actually had to compete on the national stage, let's look at what happened to him. He lost to Johnson in 64. He lost to Humphrey in 60. Well, no, he ran as an independent in 68, sorry. He lost to McGovern in 72. And he lost to Carter in 76. Like, it's the same thing they do with Ted Kennedy. Oh, Democrats all voted for Ted Kennedy. The only time Ted Kennedy ran for national office was 1980 when he ran against Carter in the primary. And he lost spectacularly. Okay? In part because Ted Kennedy was a very, very, very interesting, giant quotes, person. Uh, but that's a different topic. Same thing with Bull Connor. Bull Connor was basically left in this really small part of Alabama. Neither his predecessor or his successor even have a Wikipedia page. But he's a big example of Democrats being racist. And mind you, there are policies current Democrats support that do have roots in racism. You could even say they're systematic. Policies like minimum wage and gun control. And I've talked about those before. Okay, and if Gomer were talking about this in that context, that would make sense. But no, this is just him trying to be contrarian and failing miserably. I mean, failing very miserably. Okay. Um, well, let's continue on. Now, it's very difficult, might I add, because I know this is the argument we're all thinking is, well, wasn't the Democrats at one point a conservative party and then things switch? That's a little hard to define because what we think of as a conservative in 2020 is very different from what a conservative would be in 1860 or even 1960. Okay, and we'll get more into that in a minute. Um, however, again, just know... Gomer is very much simplifying history, as is, for the record, the idea that 2020 conservatives are members of the Democratic Party until the Civil Rights Act was passed. That's also an overt simplification, um, but that is still, in my opinion, a less harmful one. Consider changing their party's name to something that isn't so blatantly and offensively tied to slavery. Yes, Democrat democracy is tied to slavery. Uh, for those who don't know, the Democratic Party essentially started off as the Democratic-Republican Party, and they were the opposition to the Federalists. Now, the Federalists wanted a big, centralized government, more or less, okay, with a very, very powerful executive branch. Compare that to the Democratic-Republican Party, led by Thomas Jefferson, which wanted more states' rights and wanted more checks on the president. Now, 
that split into the Democratic Party, and which, by the way, one of those two parties sounds like one Louis Gomer would most claim to be a member of. Seriously wondering. I'm seriously wondering. Uh, <laughs> and then, of course, eventually they sort of splintered into the Democratic Party, and then there was the Whig Party for a little bit, but then they broke off, formed the Republican Party, and that's where we are now. Uh, but the fact is, if you were to look at history, there would be several examples of Republican presidents who would be Democrats today. Theodore Roosevelt would be a Bernie bro today. Okay? Maybe not a Bernie bro. Maybe not a Bernie bro. He would be a Warren guy, at least. He was in favor of a lot of policies that, if implemented today by a Democratic president, would be called communist. Seriously. Um, and I don't normally play this game, but I'm only playing it because Gomer is pretending you can't play it, for the record. Uh, Taft would probably be in, like, the Clinton-Liberman wing. He'd be a more moderate figure. He'd be a blue dog, probably. All things considered. Hoover's policies were virtually the same as Roosevelt's. Roosevelt even admitted that. A theater, a Franklin Roosevelt's the person I'm referencing in the second time I say Roosevelt. Dwight Eisenhower would have been, again, I also think he would be a Democrat by today's standards. Mind you, he would, again, he wouldn't be a Bernie bro, like a lot of progressives claim. He would be a kind of Joe Liberman, Joe Manchin, Robert Byrd, moderate Democrat. But he certainly would never be a member of the Reaganite or Bushite or Trumpite Republican Party. Okay? Like, he'd be best friends with Hillary Clinton. That's the kind of person. Uh, Richard Nixon is a little harder to pin down. I would say he's probably closest, ideologically at least, to someone like Joe Biden. Okay? If you look at the policies he proposed, Nixon did believe in social programs. He actually talked about the idea of a universal basic income. Not joking. And he was, and it was Obamacare. The individual mandate was his idea. It was his idea in the 60s. And then it became in the 90s. It was what Bob Dole ran on in 1996 as a sort of counter to still be healthcare reform, mind you, but not be Medicare for all, which is what Clinton was proposing. And there are a million and a half examples of this that I could go on for hours about. But the fact is, you cannot really put people in boxes based on what party they were then and comparing to what that party believes today. Because views change over time. There are switches. There are genuine new ideas that come in. But let's, let's read his examples. Let's read his examples. Um, he mentioned slavery. Well, there were... I can't really think of any major... You know what? We'll give him slavery. We'll give him slavery. Wasn't the Democratic Party's doing by any stretch? It had existed in human societies for millennia. Um, but yeah, the, the people most fiercely opposed to it were Democrats. There were a lot of abolitionists, mind you, who were also horrible racists by today's standards, even by those standards. There were several abolitionists who wanted slavery to be taken out of those states, not because they thought black people should be free, because they didn't believe black people should be in those states in general. Not making that up. They wanted slavery gone because they wanted black people gone, more or less. Um, now, they weren't in the majority, 
And by the way, you want to talk about abolitionism. Imagine if John Brown happened today. You really think Louis Gomer would like that? <laughs> you really think Louis Gomer would, well, assume he in the 1860s would be anti-slavery. You really think Louis Gomer, who hates Antifa because of their violence, and hates Black Lives Matter because of their violence, would have been shaking hands with John fucking Brown? Really? Really? You believe that? Okay, then you're stupid. Uh, discrimination. Well, eh, again, that was a little bit more complicated, but we'll give you that. I will say, however, that you may have heard Louis Gomer as a conservative about a magazine called the National Review. It was the Republican magazine, the conservative magazine, for many decades, in many ways still is. And in the 1950s and 60s, while Buckley did work to get George Wallace out of the conservative movement, he did not officially say that he wanted federal end to segregation until the 90s. Seriously. In the 60s, he was commonly arguing that it was a states' rights issue, which essentially meant states could do whatever they wanted. If the states wanted to segregate, that was their issue. Maybe he was against it as a person, but he, he even... For that matter, because uh, one of the things they make black people do is take literacy tests. He had the idea of, well, wait, why not expand that to the entire population? Because then it's no longer racist. Uh, and the Ku Klux Klan already talked about this. There were tons of Republican states where the Ku Klux Klan had massive, massive control. Okay, so Gomer, you are really stupid. That's what it comes down to. Like, really stupid. Okay? That's it. You have no understanding of history. Anyway, here's something I just found in my journey across the web. This is from a website called stream.org, which I had never heard of. National Association of Christian Lawmakers holds character meeting as a call to take a bold stance for God and country. Ah. Uh. I was trying to make a vomiting noise. <laughs> a newly formed organization called the Elected Officials and Supporters to Take a Bold Stance for God in Our Country will host its character meeting August 4th through 5th in Destin, Florida. The National Association of Christian Lawmakers was incorporated in 2019. According to a statement on their official website, the NACL is the, quote, first fully functional national legislative policy organization to be led by Christian elected officials at local, state, and federal levels. The organization is dedicated to Judeo-Christian Foundation, which, if you don't know, was a term basically made up all cloth in the 50s or so when it became less socially acceptable to be an anti-Semite. <laughs> And that's basically what happened. If you look throughout it, all of history, up until the 1950s in the U.S., nobody was talking about Judeo-Christianity. You talked about that. That was like talking about, I don't know, mixing gasoline and a lighted match. Don't do it. Okay? If you look throughout history, Christians and Jews did not get along. They still don't really get along in a lot of places. Um... And, for that matter, the only reason why they started talking about that was, first off, so there would be some way for them to support Israel. 
And second off, because after World War II, becoming an anti-Semite became seen as less socially acceptable. Primarily because we had just fought a war against a giant anti-Semite. Uh, but okay, okay. Who are the leaders of this organization? This is a newly formed organization, might I add. Who are the board of advisors on morality in this nation? Well, you got Mike Huckabee, who once pardoned a rapist because the woman who was raped was a cousin of Bill Clinton. Not making that up. Then you have a guy named Jason Rayford, who is so moral he believed in using nuclear weapons against Iran. Seriously. There's also Tony Perkins, the current leader of the Family Research Council, and a nutcase. And a bunch of other people you have never heard of, nor do you care about. Uh, so that's basically who's determining morality in our nation. Yay. Hey, Mike Huckabee, you got any failed presidential runs planned? Seriously wondering. Uh... I know, obvious question, but after two, I was wondering if he was going to retire. Seriously. I mean, yeah, he almost made it in 08. He actually did have a decent shot in 08. Then 2016 came along, and basically all his voters went to Ted Cruz. Who, I don't know if they'd go to Ted Cruz again. Although Ted Cruz is significantly seen as more likable now than he was in 2016. So that could be really interesting. Um, do I think Huckabee is going to run for president again? Maybe. I genuinely don't know. He may do one more hurrah in 2024, and that's why he's still trying to keep his name in the public conscious. Um, I do not know for sure, though. I genuinely do not. If only because there's just so much going on with what the GOP is planning in 24, that a lot of which is going to fail. You know they're trying to build up Josh Hawley right now, uh, which is never going to happen. Same thing with Dan Crenshaw. That's just not going to happen. Nikki Haley, not going to happen. Okay? None of those are ever going to happen. Mike Pence might happen. Might happen. Seriously, might happen. Probably not, though. I mean, who the GOP is go or who's going to run on the GOP ticket in 24 primarily depends on who wins this election. If Trump wins, we're going to get a lot of nationalist commentators. We're going to get a lot of nationalists and populists running. Um, probably Tucker Carlson. Who knows? If he loses, we're going to get a lot of libertarian. Is how I view it, which I think is a fair way to look at it. And really, Huckabee is more in the populist than than the um, libertarian bent, so it's much more likely for him to run in 24 if Trump gets re-election. But as it stands, who knows, the point is Mike Huckabee just kind of sucks. Okay? He just kind of sucks. He really does. Really does. Uh, <laughs> I just thought that was a little thing worth quickly talking about just for fun. Anyway, here's some more news from the internally egotistical Matt Gates, who thinks just because he spent one term in Congress means he's on top of the goddamn world. 
DOP rep McAtee spent, and I accidentally X'd out of my, the Yahoo article. That's from Yahoo News, by the way. Okay. I hate how Yahoo's layout looks, but, and eh, what do you expect? Spent taxpayer money on personal TV studio. For once, Representative McAtee's probably doesn't. Want anyone paying attention to him? Gatiz, a vocal conservative and supporter of President Trump, appears to have been violating House ethics rules with spending throughout his four years in office. A political investigation is found. That includes installing a TV studio in his father's home and hiring a speechwriter who'd been ousted from the Trump administration, Gatiz's official or office confirmed. Uh, for the record... John Hickenlooper had to go through absolute hell. Governor of Colorado, or former governor, John Hickenlooper, had to go through absolute hell because he took a limo ride with a construction worker. But this is just normal. This is just normal. And they're still running ads saying, John Hickenlooper violated ethics rules on campaign finance donation, despite the fact the Republican Party has been advocating for the repeal of those laws for decades. Uh, but that's besides the point. No, no, that should be the point, but that isn't this point. They're running ads to say John Hickenlooper violated Colorado's ethics laws. They never tell you what laws he violated. Those being, he took a limo ride with a construction worker that paid for said limo. He's in the pockets of big construction worker. And then, Colorado Republicans spent so much on him getting him to defend himself, and then they go around and complain that he spent all that money to defend himself. Despite the fact, again, it was them who, had to, who brought him to a trial in the first place. They always ignore any aspect of the story where they're involved. The Republican Party is a party that likes to pretend it doesn't exist. It's the only way I've seen described it. Uh, anyway, here is some more. Remember, again, the Hickenlooper story when I go through this. Over the past year, Gatiz has spent $28,000 in taxpayer money to an LLC company connected to Darren Beatty a former White House aide who lost his job after appearing at a convention where white nationalists are known to speak, Gatiz's office told Politico. Gatiz announces hiring of Beatty as a special advisor for speechwriting in April 2019, but this is just normal, obviously, uh, but never added him to an official payroll. Individual House members are barred from spending taxpayer money on outside hiring for speechwriters, consultants, and communications advisors. So essentially, again, Again, look at the trouble John Hickenlooper just got into for an offense one one hundredth, as far as I'm concerned, as minor as what Katiz is doing. Okay? That's really what bothers me here. It really is, because the Republicans are still acting like what John Hickenlooper did was unacceptable. Look at any act. The Colorado Republican Party, or the Republican Party in general, is right on the topic. They act like Hickenlooper just took all this money for himself and ate it. But no, he didn't actually receive a dollar, he received a free limo ride. Okay? Meanwhile, and it wasn't even paid for by taxpayers, it was paid for by the construction workers. 
Meanwhile, continues to take taxpayer money. That's our money. And then use it to make a TV studio and to hire white nationalist speechwriters. Obviously, obviously. I mean, this is just utterly nonsensical. Everything about this is nonsensical. Gatiz's office also acknowledged taxpayer money is used to rent a TV camera the Congress member keeps in his father's home and uses for TV appearances. A private company built him a studio as well and takes a fee every time he appears on air. Gatiz's office told Politico, I like how it's his office admitting this. You gotta love this. The fact is, as far as I'm concerned, Gatiz should be forced to resign. He should be. That is the standard that was just set by the Republican Party with the John Hickenlooper case. That a crime, one, in fact, he should be forced to resign a hundred times over, as far as I'm concerned. Again, Hickenlooper's crime was one one hundredth as bad as what Gatiz has done. I'm going to keep calling him that until he realizes that a Z is not an S. This isn't 1995, Congressman. Look, I make fun of his stupid last name, and it's a stupid last name. Don't get me wrong. But that's only the tip of the iceberg. Hey, how's that investigation by the Florida Bar Association going? Seriously wondering. I, I seriously am. How is that investigation by the Florida Bar Association going? We'll never know, because they just, I, I guess he doesn't want us to talk about that. Despite the fact he is probably the biggest attention hog in Congress. I mean, he's up there. There is no worse place to be in Washington than between McAtee's and a camera. You want to know why? Because there's just so much in the way that you'll be evaporated. You'll be disintegrated if you stand in the way of them. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's nothing else I can do to respond to this. Nothing. Other than say... Here's my middle finger to you. You piece of human garbage. That's what you are. You're a piece of human garbage. No way around that. Anyway, America First Pack has another ad out saying Joe Biden's America will be crime and chaos 24-7 and 911 will stop having it so cops magically appear in your house with guns aimed at criminals the second you dial them. Just, just, just listen. Come here, honey. Hide under the bed. Mommy, I'm scared. Baby, it's gonna be okay. You have reached 911 emergency services. Due to budget cuts and increased criminal activity, our agents are busy assisting other callers. Your hold time is 17 minutes. Have a nice day. Yes, uh, absolutely, yes. Okay, let's get the obvious thing out of the way. Joe Biden's never said he wanted to defund the police. He said he wanted to redirect funding and in many ways increase funding to police officers so they will have more training and as such be better equipped to handle situations nonviolently. Again, there are tons of police officers that are already trained in nonviolent methods and in de-escalation. And those are the good cops Joe Biden wouldn't touch. Now, some are going to respond with, well, Joe Biden's a puppet, literally surrounding himself with the fund the police activists. No one can actually point to 
a major defund the police activist in the Biden campaign, mind you. But that's a different topic entirely. Uh, however, if that's the case, why do they keep using audio from him? They played the clip of Biden going, yes, three times, like, apparently a record got stuck. That's not what he meant by leave your record player on at night. Uh, <laughs> so, what? What I'm getting at is, even if that is the case, you need to argue from that perspective. Here's how an argument about Joe Biden talking about the funding the police goes with a Trumper. A Trumper says, Joe Biden wants to defund the police. Someone then responds, wait, what's what's your evidence for that? The Trumper says, here's this clip of him saying he wants to defund the police. Somebody then replies with, that's not what he said. He said he wanted to redirect funding, or you took the clip wildly out of context, or there's no mention of defunding the police in the clip in question. What are you talking about? This evidence is awful. And then, if anything, if we're going by Biden's word, which you were just going by, then you know what? His plan actually calls for increases in police funding. So Trumper goes, well, Joe Biden's a literal puppet that will say anything. Odd if that's the case, they can't find him saying this one thing they keep insisting he said. Uh, <laughs> and as such, his administration will defund the police, and he's lying to us. And maybe he is, but the point is you don't have any evidence for that. Okay, I can say that Trump is lying to us. Hey, remember when Trump said he'd build the wall and you all voted for him on that promise? How's that wall going? Serious question. How is that wall going? I'm genuinely wondering. Oh, they haven't built any of it? Or they built some of it. They built some of it. Like, even Dan Crenshaw's estimate for how much the wall was supposed to cover, it was like, I think, 5%, if that. No, I think it was about 13% of the Texas-Mexico border, of the U.S. southern border, at least. Uh, so, this is just utterly nonsensical. And even then, wait, you only got 17 minutes? Well, aren't you lucky? Are we all under... There was a phrase that went around that showed kind of the failure of government and why the average citizen should be allowed to carry a gun to defend themselves. It went around in conservative and libertarian circles for years. It was, when seconds count, the police are minutes away. And that's true. The fact is, the police are good at capturing people if you're killed. They knew that pretty well. Can't save you in the moment, though. That's why you get this thing called a gun. Okay? If, if you are really concerned about your safety... Don't vote for some politician promising to refund 911 to hell and back. Get a gun. That is a way better solution. Honestly, that is in a million time better solution. Okay? The fact is, when you call 911, if you are in a tight moment, if you only have minutes left to live, whether they come there right now or you die, do not call 911. Get a, if you have a gun, go get it and shoot the gun. Now, if you don't have a gun, you can call 911 as a backup, but more than likely what's going to happen is they're going to outline your body and chop 20 minutes later. Okay? That is way more likely to happen than them showing up and arresting the people, assuming they're there to murder you. 
If they're there to rob you, they might, then maybe, maybe, but if they're there to murder you, then no, no, you get a gun. That is a way better solution. Okay? I think that is fair to argue. Are we just running under the assumption now that in Donald Trump's America, which, by the way, is the America where all this crime and anarchy is happening, where the police have become so militant that we're actually demanding they get defunded. Nobody ever talks about that part. Um, is Donald Trump's America the America where if I call 911 and say, I need you here now, a police officer will just magically show up in my house? No, they still have to wait a bit. I still have to wait a minute. And the fact is, that is when you are at your most vulnerable. Okay? And for the record, if you are trying to hide, calling 911 is a horrible idea. <laughs> if you are trying to hide in, like, a secret spot in your house or something, it's probably not, if your house is big enough, it won't be a big deal, but calling anyone would not be a good idea in that situation. Primarily because, well, you have to talk to call 911. Okay? That will make noise that someone could hear and find you with. Uh, now, I understand that's not a particularly popular opinion, or at least it's not anymore. It was a popular opinion, even as recently as a couple of months ago. I thought that's why we needed guns. I thought that's why we needed guns, for home defense. The police couldn't just come. You think the police could magically appear out of nowhere? Apparently you do now. Apparently you do, and that's why you think that a waiting at all would be the somehow different. They might have to wait longer. Well, dead is dead is dead. Okay, dead is dead is dead. If they kill you after three minutes of waiting, it doesn't matter if it takes them five minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, or an hour. You're still dead. Okay? Um... Now, it's clear that there have been a lot of talk on Twitter that Joe Biden is really far ahead of Donald Trump. And this is similar to how far Michael Dukakis was ahead of George Bush Sr. in 1998. And it's clear that Donald Trump campaign wants a Willie Horton. If you don't know, Willie Horton was a guy who was let, go, let out of prison under, it wasn't Dukakis' policy specifically, but it was a policy Dukakis promoted and believed in. That would allow people to get out of prison easier. It was a rehabilitative program. This was a time where, this was during the tough on crime era of the 80s and 90s. Okay? And Willie Horton was let out. He then murdered someone. That's a basic sum up of the story. Now, we can talk about, oh, did George H.W. Bush pick Willie Horton because he was black or because he was well known at that point anyway? Or this or that or everything in between. The guy who made the ad apologize for it. Everything else. Uh, <laughs> however, what I think is going on is the Trump campaign does want a Willie Horton. The main issue is, first off, they played it too soon. The Horton ad wasn't until, like, way, way closer to the election than we are right now. Like, that wasn't for, I, th I think that was until September of 98 that ad came out. We're still in, we're still in July. 
I was about to say we're in August. No, we're still in July. Okay? Now, with that in mind, at the same time, the other thing is Willie Horton was an actual human being. These amorphous concepts of crime, they just don't resonate with people, as well as physical human beings who you can see and who you might know and who look like people you recognize do. They just don't. So even if you want to go to that perspective of Donald Trump wants a Willie Horton, it's just not working. It's not. I'm sorry. It's just not. Anyway, this ad is idiotic and on every standpoint. Anyway, now that we've played an ad showing that Joe Biden wants to defund the police, I assume that the that another ad released by the reelect Donald Trump um, pack is going to have a similar theme. This is also related to criminal justice. So Joe Biden wants to defund the police and lead to crime and chaos all over this nation. That's the gist. Well, okay. Play the ad and I'll debunk it again. Mass incarceration has put hundreds of thousands behind bars for minor offenses. Joe Biden wrote those laws. Every major crime bill that's come out of this Congress has had the name Joe Biden on that bill. We do everything but hang people for jaywalking in this bill. Joe Biden's policies destroyed millions of black lives. Joe Biden may not remember, but we do. I'm sorry. What? 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 Huh? So, so wait, wait, wait. Joe Biden's America would have various tough on crime policies, but he's going to defund the police. Who would enforce these tough on crime policies exactly? Elves? You know what this is? In the last segment, and by the way, I rearranged these segments because originally it was the ad, gate, uh, gatees, and then this. I rearranged those segments in post to put these two back to back just because this is now bothering me so much. Uh, these two things do not go back to back. Donald Trump is currently running on a law and order platform. That's why he set the feds into Portland. That's why he's been doing all this, all that. Um, because we need law and order in this nation. Well, now, when he sees law and order, he responds, what, what do you think law and order politicians have supported throughout history? Law and order politicians do not look like advocates for criminal justice reform. They look like Rudy Giuliani. They look like Newt Gingrich. They look like Joe Biden, actually. Seriously. Joe Biden was a law and order advocate when he was in the Senate. That's what those bills were. Same thing with Bill Clinton. And now we want both law and order, okay, and also criminal justice reform. Well, those two concepts are diametrically opposed. You know what this is? And mind you, not in the real world, but in the world Trump is pretending we live in. Because what we are seeing is the president telling us at the same time that, oh my God, the BLM movement is so awful, and Joe Biden wants crime in the streets and to defund the police, that in Joe Biden's America is one of harsh drug laws, broken window policing. 
Um, do, do I need to continue? Do I really need to point out the obvious contradiction here, staring the administration in the face, staring this ad in the face? The fact is, Donald Trump's America is supposed, I thought, was supposed to look way more like what Joe Biden advocated for than what the administration says Joe Biden advocates for. You know what this is? You know what this is? I made the Willie Horton comparison last segment. Um, this is like if immediately following the Willie Horton ad, George Bush ran another ad saying, Michael Dukakis doesn't actually let enough people out of prison. I, as your president, in 1988, or under my term, will make sure that as many people are out of prison as possible, especially if they are large and African-American. Then they are definitely not going to prison. I'm George, but I didn't do the I approve this message at that point. That wasn't until McCain-Feingold they started doing it. Uh, <laughs> but no, you guys see the issue. With what's going on, the Trump campaign is speaking out of both sides of its mouth. On one hand, it's saying, you guys elect Joe Biden, crime in the streets, chaos everywhere. On the other, it's saying, you elect Joe Biden, there are going to be strict drug laws. Very harsh law and order. You're basically going to be living under martial law with how much zero tolerance policing there will be. What? What? It doesn't make any sense on any level. I mean, what? This is... I don't know how to respond to this. So you know what? I'm not going to anymore. I'm Ephraim, and good night.